Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short. This is the first edition for the 2018 regular season. I'm joined here by my usual co-host, Drew Silva. Drew, welcome to regular season baseball. It's good to be watching some real baseball, man. Um, it's exciting. This is a fun time of year. The Masters are on on my TV in the background. Um, there's finally some sun in St. Louis for the first time in many months. Uh, the Cardinals' home opener is tonight on on Thursday night, so so all is right in the world. Yeah, it's it's been weird. I mean, there's been a lot of day baseball, which is also you know that's always fun to have that. Uh, but there's been all these you know weather delays and cancellations. I mean, I guess maybe that's something we should have seen coming with the season starting a week earlier than normal, um, and a lot of games being in nor- in the Northeast. Uh, and that's just something we have to deal with, but. Uh, yeah, that's been a little frustrating as far as planning for, you know, your fantasy team and stuff like that, but, um, just kind of typical early season stuff. Yeah. It looks like they're going to be a lot of double headers. Um, a lot of teams are pushing these games back to like April and May. Um, so, so some time to make up for some lost stats and fantasy leagues, I suppose. And I think the whole point of starting the season a week early was to give extra off days during the season. So, that that plan didn't work out so well for a lot of teams, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so if you're tuning in for the first time, this is our weekly show. Uh, we record on Thursdays, and the show goes live on Fridays. Um, it's possible we could end up having two shows in in a week at some point, but uh, we'll see how the season plays out. The plan for now is to do one a week. Um, what we do here is go over the big headlines of the week and and the fantasy fallout. Uh, go over waiver wire picks, prospects to watch. We'll also take your questions in some weeks, do some Q&A type stuff. So uh, we're excited to get started. Um, maybe we should call this the Shohei Otani show because I think we're going to talk about him for a little while. Um, all the concern over his performance during spring training, both on the mound and with the bat. And here he is to remind us once again that spring training, for the most part, pretty irrelevant. Uh, first, Otani won his first start Sunday against the A's, allowed three runs in six innings with six strikeouts and one walk. At 18 swings and misses, averaged 97.8 miles per hour with his fastball, which is crazy. Just really nasty stuff. His splitter was sick. Um, so you feel good about that, first of all. Then he gets the start out of the DH spot on Tuesday night, slugs a three-run homer in his first at-bat at Angel Stadium, which was such an awesome scene. Uh, the crowd was just going crazy, and... Um, 
you know, Otani coming back to the dugout and getting that silent treatment, but he was just like so overjoyed. He just started grabbing people. Um, he looked legitimately confused. Yeah, at first. he did. Like, <laughs> but I think it like clicked in his head like, oh, I've seen highlights. They do this in, in right. Major League Baseball. Yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't done there. He had two hits after that. And it was crazy. He hit the ball extremely hard. One of the singles was clocked at 112.8 miles per hour. And... You know, the way StatCast divides it up by pitchers, position players, that's the hardest hit ball by a pitcher in StatCast history. Otani, of course, no normal pitcher. (laughs) Um, Because we saw the next day on Wednesday, Otani takes Corey Kluber deep, too. Yeah, to like, to opposite field almost, like left center. That was incredible. So he later added a single in extra innings. um, And now I'm totally confused. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I guess that's just part of this like two-way player thing that we've never really had to deal with before. I mean, what do we do with this guy? I don't know. I mean, I feel like whenever we talk about him on this podcast, it's like, uh, we don't know what to do. We're kind of tampering expectations, especially with, with the spring that he had. But yeah, I mean, the stuff looks great off the mound. I mean, he allowed a three-run homer to Matt Chapman, who I think we both agree is a really good player. Um, and it only allowed two other hits other than that, just one walk. The stuff is wiffle ball-esque uh, when he throws his breaking stuff and that splitter just bites. Um, and he's got the velocity. I mean, I think we did say on our last podcast we should just throw out the spring and and look forward to, to some really exciting stuff from this guy. And, and he has delivered, man. He's He's doing things that, you know, no one has done since Babe Ruth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's not hyperbole either. No, it's not. It's not. I think we each were like the average draft position during the early part of spring training was really high, kind of higher than either of us were really comfortable taking him with. I believe he was in the 70s, uh, basically. So once he had the bad spring training, he fell in out of the top 100, um, yeah. kind of into a more reasonable territory. Um, so I think at this point, you know, if you did get him in sort of in that range out of the top 100, you have to be feeling pretty good. Um, I still think that he's not going to throw a ton of innings. Um, but what you get in those innings, the net value in those innings could be pretty good. I I don't want to overreact off of one start, but I mean, you see the raw stuff that he has, uh, and what he's capable of doing. So, uh, I was impressed with that first start. Um, as far as, his contributions as a hitter, I think it's a much trickier call for fantasy owners. Um, he's already owned 50, 56% of Yahoo leagues as a hitter. As a, as a hitter, yeah. Um, because I was looking at him for waiver wired, but still feel kind of weird about uh, recommending someone who's essentially going to be a part-time player. It's like he, the way I look at it, it's like he's a platoon player. There, maybe he gets most of the starts against right-handers or something like that. That's how you have to look at it. But 50, 56% owned in Yahoo leagues, that's higher than guys like Matt Chapman, who you just mentioned, Josh Reddick, Kevin Kiermeyer, Dexter Fowler, Josh Harrison, etc. I don't know if that's sustainable to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see how the, the schedule and the travel catches up to him. Um, you know, the, the Angels played in Oakland, their opening series, and then they're, they're hosting... Uh, the Indians and and A's at home. Um, and I think it's just, it's going to be kind of eye opening for him. How much, how much you have to travel, especially playing in Anaheim. 
Um, you know, he's only going to make one start a week. He's not going to be one of those starters. So you some, sometimes get two start weeks out of, um, so yeah, wh- where his, where's his innings total going to be like one fifty. Um, so I, 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 let's not go crazy about this first week, but it is awesome for baseball. It's been really cool to watch. I, I'm rooting for the guy. He seems like a really likable dude. He's huge too, man. And we've, we talked about that in our, in our starting pitching rankings podcast but he is a he's a big man fantasy purposes i don't own him in any league um i would be happy if i got him especially like you said like towards those drafts that went off you know in the in the final week leading up to opening day you could get him in like the 120s as a pitcher and feel really good about it yeah and and now i mean i don't blame people that are picking him up as a hitter right now and just kind of seeing where it leads because some of these guys that i just mentioned Harrison, Fowler, Kiermaier, they are somewhat replaceable mm-hmm. on the waiver wire. But if Otani turns out to be a special hitter, you know, you might feel really good about picking him up right now. So I understand taking a chance on him. I think maybe with Otani, it's one of those things where the first time around the league, maybe he's going to have a lot of success and then teams will get a book on him as a hitter and adjust. Yeah, you're, you're in a league that allows like daily lineup changes. He's he's a nice option to plug in if you're if if you're paying attention and can just plug him in there when he's in the lineup. For sure. So the other big story this week is concern over Kenley Jansen. Um, And it's weird to see him look so human and vulnerable. We've just been so used to him being money over the years. Uh, Jansen gave up the game-winning homer to Joe Panic last Friday. Uh, Then the game-tying three-run homer to Chris Owings on Monday. And he walked two batters prior to the homer from Owings. That's the first time he's walked two batters in the same inning since 2016. Uh, The velocity was a little better Monday as compared to Friday, but still down from what we've seen in the past. Um, What do you think about this situation with Jansen? Do you think it's overblown? Do you think there's a legitimate reason for worry? Uh, You know, he didn't pitch in a Cactus League game this spring until March 15th, which was by design, but maybe left him a little underprepared for the start of the season. And hopefully that's all this is. Like you said, the velocity is down 90.6 miles an hour so far on his fastball after averaging upwards of 94 on that pitch last year. Though, you know, most pitchers do build velocity as the season rolls along. Um, I, I mean, what are you, you going to do about it? You've you got to keep him in your lineup and, and just expect that he's going to figure it out because he's, you know, if not the best close, closer in baseball, one of the top two, three. Um, and, yeah, I mean, who do you think the Dodgers would go with if, if this continues? Probably Josh Fields would be yeah. my top stash choice. Um, at least that's what I've said so far. I put him in waiver wire today. Um, had kind of an uh, under-the-radar nice year last season. Um, the Dodgers acquired uh, Scott Alexander during the offseason from the Royals. I thought that was a sneaky good trade. Um, he's off to a shaky start so far this year, and he's also a real ground ball dominant kind of guy, so... As we've said many times in the past, those kind of pitchers could be more useful in, in different situations in games. So I don't really see him being the guy. Um, but I, I think it's probably too soon to you know say that there's any real physical problem with Jansen or anything like that. I know he had that minor hamstring issue during spring training. Uh, and as you said, didn't pitch a whole lot. But the Dodgers continue to insist that he's fine. Uh, Jansen's saying he's fine. Um, and he's also saying he's working on something mechanical, some sort of adjustment. Um, so it's possible he'll find himself. I guess he deserves some benefit of the doubt. 
Um, but certainly, you know, a little bit concerning uh, if you if you used a high draft pick on Jansen. I mean, he was obviously the top uh, fantasy closer off the board. So uh, I think every single um, appearance that he makes now is going to be super scrutinized. Yeah, issue just seven walks last year. He's already a quarter over a quarter of the way there in the walks department this year. Allowed just. 10 earned runs over 68 and a third innings. He's already allowed four earned runs this year, so almost halfway to that total. It's just, you know, the expectations are super high for the guy. Um, but there's nothing you can do about it. I'm, you got to keep him in your lineup and, and hope he just gets gets back to being Kenley. Well, if you if you didn't own Jansen right now, would you try to trade for him? Yeah. I think I would too. I, I, I would I depend on how panicky the, the owner is. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, it depends what you can get, but I'm all about buying low on, on guys that are proven and don't appear to have anything you know physically wrong with them. Yeah, and I would consider maybe also stashing like Josh Fields if I traded for Jansen. or he, If I own Jansen right now, I'd probably want to have that handcuff with Fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers on Fields last year had a 2.84 ERA, 0.96 whip over 57 appearances, uh, has three scoreless innings so far this year. He's on the paternity leave list right now, but he'll be back uh, this weekend. Um, I guess the Dodgers also have Tony Singrani, who's saved some games for the Reds in the past. Pedro Baez is kind of a late-inning arm, but this, they surprisingly don't really have some, like, lights out awesome arms that you would maybe expect the Dodgers to have. Um, I guess they're expecting some young arms to contribute in that department. Yeah. But you'd yeah. think for the team that has the, the largest payroll in baseball, that they'd have a better bullpen. Right. I think we'll see Walker Bueller up at some point, maybe being a mm-hmm. late inning arm, something like that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, fields worth a stash. I think he's, he's available in over 90% of Yahoo league. So if you really want to speculate on the situation, uh, you can. Uh, we're going to get to some notable hot starts here in a second, but before we do, if you love fantasy baseball and if you listen to this podcast, we're assuming you're in the right place. Well, you need to try our new favorite app. It's called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like those other guys. You aren't going to find salary caps, pros or bots filling up games on Draft. You play live snake drafts with other real people, just like in your season-long league. So very similar to your typical fantasy setups. And here's how it works. Drafts take as little as two minutes and last for just one night. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waivers. You just set your lineup and you forget it. Really easy stuff. Drafts start every minute, so you can you can join one right now. And the best part is the cash, of course. Drafts start from just $1, so there's really draft for everyone and whatever you're comfortable with. Join us on Draft today. Just search Draft in your app store or go to draft.com. Multiple ways to get signed up. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. That's right, play a real money game for free with promo code RW. That's RW for Roto World. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're offering you a money back guarantee up to $100, but you have to use our promo code RW. A real money entry and a $100 money back guarantee. That's promo code RW to check out Draft for yourself. I know you wanted to get into some notable hot starts, so go for it. Yeah, Didi Gregorius went four for four with two home runs, a double, a walk, three runs scored, and eight RBIs on, on Tuesday against the Rays. And it was a, an ugly day at, at Yankee Stadium. I thought they might rain it out again. There was mist and fog everywhere. There were about 10,000 fans in the stadium. Um, not the most ideal conditions for power normally. 
Um, but but Didi put on a show. Those eight RBIs are the most ever by a Yankee shortstop. You know, a franchise that has been around for 116 years. They're also the most by any Yankees hitter since Alex Rodriguez drove in 10 runs in April 2005 uh, against the Angels. Gregorius has been raking all week, really. It wasn't just that that one day. Already has a triple, four doubles. Um, was the 11th shortstop off the board in Yahoo drafts this spring. It, it's a deep position, of course, You know, as deep as it has ever been, maybe the deepest it has ever been. Uh, but I think Didi could be a 30-homer guy. I don't think that's outlandish. Um, and he's batting either cleanup or fifth in the Yankees lineup so far. He's batting cleanup today on, on Thursday. So I don't think 100 RBIs is out of the question either. Um, so, I, I mean, would you rather have Didi Gregorius or Javier Baez? Because Baez went before Gregorius in the average Yahoo draft. That's a good point. Um, yeah. I'd rather have Gregorius, I think, at this point. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess Baez gives you a little bit of speed. A little um, bit, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I just Gregorius in the middle of that lineup, is that's pretty enticing. In Yankee Stadium, in the AL East, we know he's locked in the, into the lineup every day. Baez, not necessarily. They have some moving pieces there. So, yeah, I think at this point... You know, I would reevaluate that and put Gregorius ahead of him. It doesn't look like Greg Bird will be a threat to to knock him down the lineup for a while either. So, yeah, I'm I'm super high on on him right now. If, if we were doing a redraft, he's he's someone I would target. Um, it, it, and not not just because he had that huge day, but just kind of reevaluating where he went in drafts and what the upside is. Um, and then all of us at, at Roto World were were pretty pretty high on Reese Hoskins coming into the season. He was really high in, in Matthew Pugliat's rankings, and I people expressed some confusion about it. But, I mean, he's just picked up where he left off last fall, 8 for 17 coming into play on Thursday. That's a 471 batting average, has one home run, three doubles uh, through five games, took the majors by storm in 2017 when he came up, posted an OPS above 1,000. 18 home runs and 48 RBIs over his first 50 major league games. Uh, there's not much else to add here. You know, just if you reach for Hoskins in a fantasy draft this spring, you're probably going to be very glad you did. I think he keeps it up. I think he's a really special slugger. Yeah, and he's not like an all or nothing guy either. He has the approach to go along mm-hmm. with it too. And he kind of showed that from the start when he came up to the majors uh, last year, which. I think made us all more confident when we were doing our rankings this year. So uh, I know, as you said, you know, we had him ranked very high and maybe that was too aggressive for some people, but um, I'm into it. And he's showing so far that he's the real deal. Gabe Kapler can't mess with where he's <laughs> As long as he doesn't bring him in the pitch, we'll be fine. Uh-oh, that might happen. It could, it could. Gabe Kapler's like a Twitter buddy of mine, so I f- feel so bad trashing him, but it, it's not been good. He got booed today at the at the Phillies home opener. Man, I mean, yeah, that's a rite of passage, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, and then another one, Paul DeYoung. Um, there, there were some skeptics about how he would fare in his second Major League season. Some criticism that the Cardinals committed a six-year extension to him this spring you know worries about the plate discipline and the defense um but i I think those you know i think those worries about plate discipline are are at least valid uh but the 24 year old shortstop has 10 hits in six games tied for the national league lead in that department including three home runs 
for some reason, still batting behind Yadier Molina in the Cardinals lineup. I, I believe he's hitting seventh on opening day. Um, but Yadi did hit his third home run of the season on Wednesday night. So maybe maybe Matheny is justified with that lineup placement for now. Um, but I'd have to think DeYoung moves up to, to the sixth spot. Um, I don't know if he'll pass Jose Martinez or, or Marcelo Zuna. Uh, but, you know, the top of that lineup is pretty good. So it's going to be hard for him him to move up. Uh, but, you know, DeYoung's going to turn out to be a, a pretty great draft day value if, if he keeps hitting bombs. Average draft position on, on Yahoo this spring was 171, kind of end of the 15th round. He has an 883 OPS, 294 batting average, 28 home runs, and 70 RBIs over his first 114 major league games. Also looking improved defensively at shortstop. Um, I, though he, he did impress me in that department last year. I didn't think he would be very good. Was originally drafted as a third baseman. Might move back there eventually uh, after the Cardinals sign Manny Machado to a 10-year, $300 million deal uh, this coming winter. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, I, I was focused on, on uh, just sort of reevaluating uh, drafts uh, and what you would do with that kind of situation. Jose Martinez, I think, is someone I would have drafted much higher. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he just rakes. He's near the top of the leaderboard and, and exit velocity. Even his outs have been hard hit line drives. Um, and, and you know, it, it looks like the Cardinals are kind of giving up on Colton Wong. Matt Carpenter starting at second base again on Thursday. Um, and Jairo uh, Munez is at third base covering for Jed Jerko, who's, who's on the disabled list with a hamstring strain. So it looks like Jose Martinez is just going to be the first baseman every day. And I don't know if we could have said that this spring, but right now, you know, a weekend, it looks like that's going to be the case. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. That I feel like the Cardinals have given up on Colton Wong like seven times already. Yeah, I know. You know, well, they, they signed him to that pre-arbitration extension. Um, some of those just don't work out. Uh, I, I always like him because if the player turns out to be good, it's going to, it's going to be super team friendly, but I, I don't know. He looks terrible at the plate. I don't know what happened to him. He's a really good defender. Maybe they trade him somewhere, and and he he does better with the change of scenery. But Didn't he have like a three seventy something on base percentage last year? He did, you know. And when I talked him up a bit at, towards the end of our second base rankings podcast, like you know, if he hits for those rates again, I think he he had what like f- four homers and four stolen bases. But I, I thought you know if he plays every day, uh, those counting stats are going to be better. He's a fast guy with some power, but. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I, I think they like Carpenter at second base too because he's had the shoulder issue and you know his throws look have looked pretty rough from third base and they want to keep Jose Martinez at first so Carpenter's going to start over Wong at second. Well, I put a couple of starting pitchers in waiver wired on Thursday. It's my weekly column during the season. Uh, players own in under fifty percent of Yahoo leagues going to focus on the pitcher side here starting with Tyler Malley a 23 year old right-hander for the Reds Malley looked really good in his season debut Monday against the Cubs allowed just one hit over six scoreless innings with seven strikeouts and two walks uh, through 86 pitches so he's efficient uh, had 10 swinging strikes in there did really an excellent job locating around the plate and Malley's a real deal prospect had a 206 ERA with 138 strikeouts and 30 walks and 144 and a third innings last year between double A and triple A. Um, he's, re- he's mostly relied on his fastball and his slider. So 
making progress with his changeup is the real big key for him this year. He actually threw 12 of them in his start on Monday, so he's trying to get there. Um, someone who's available in 75% of Yahoo League. So I like the idea of picking him up and, and seeing where this leads. Uh, I don't know if Malley's a top-of-the-rotation guy. I'm pretty sure he probably won't be, uh, especially in that ballpark. Uh, he doesn't have the upside of like Luis Castillo, who we've hyped up quite a bit. Um, but I think mid-rotation type would be a really good outcome and still really useful in mixed leagues. So um, you know, out of the pitchers I've seen this week who are widely available, I think he's my favorite. Uh, Jake Junis. I uh, had a really good start this week, but uh, I, I need to see a little bit more from him. Uh, he was good down the stretch last year as well, but the start that he had this week was against the Tigers offense that I really don't like very much. Um, I wanted to find a way to fit him in, in, into waiver wired, but I, I didn't do it this week. Uh, another young arm I did, though, uh, Rinaldo Lopez with the White Sox. Uh, Lopez, part of that Adam Eaton deal with the Nationals two off seasons ago. Lopez made eight starts with the White Sox down the stretch last year, and didn't really miss many bats, so that was kind of discouraging. But I liked what I saw Monday against the Blue Jays. He allowed one run in six innings with six strikeouts and two walks. Uh, Lopez already throws pretty hard. He has excellent raw stuff, but he was averaging 97 miles per hour on his fastball, which can only help him miss more bats coupled with the changeup. And I think he's throwing like a new slider cutter kind of pitch right now. Um, but regardless, had 14 swinging strikes in his 100 pitches. And he's someone I'm willing to take a flyer on. Flyer on. He has a start against the Tigers up next. I, I mentioned I don't really like their offense very, very much. So I like his chances of picking up a win this weekend. And, and who knows? Maybe things continue to click for him. Lopez available in just about 90% of Yahoo leagues. So these guys are out there in a lot of leagues. Uh, young with upside. I like taking a chance on those guys. David Price, too, man, went seven scoreless innings on, on Thursday afternoon against the Rays. That's now 14 scoreless innings to open the season, though both starts have been against the Rays, and the Rays' offense is going to be terrible. I think I had them 19th in my power rankings. They have, they've already fallen uh, in, in, my, in my latest power rankings. Uh, but Price, since he returned last September from that left elbow injury, has thrown 29 and a third scoreless innings with the postseason included. Um, so he's back. Well, if you had a chance to draft again today, where do you think Price would fall? I, I think he'd probably be somewhere in like the top 75 picks, maybe. I think that's accurate. I mean, probably like near the bottom of the second tier of, of starters. Um, and, you know, starters went early in drafts this spring as they should have. So, like right, maybe right behind you, Darvish, and right before Robbie Ray, type type spot. Yeah, I mean it's definitely possible. I was I'm thinking like maybe in the Granky range, something like that. Yeah, but maybe. maybe Aaron Nola kind of area, something like that. Um, you know, fifteen to twenty uh, among starting pitchers is where I'd have him now. And I actually we talked about in the spring how he was a bargain. I think his. His ADP, or at least his average, or his pre-draft ranking was like something like 130 in Yahoo leagues, um, and we were saying, you know, that looks fantastic if you could get yeah. in that late. And it's mm-hmm. it's really played out so far. I mean, he did have the elbow issue last year, and I guess that's in the back of your mind. But um, if he's healthy and he's pitching, he's gonna he's gonna be fine. So huge potential for wins. The strikeouts haven't necessarily been there yet, but. Um, you know, the, he's locating his fastball again, and, and that's a good sign for all of his secondary stuff. 
So moving on from the early season success stories, we have some high-profile injuries as well if you want to get started with that. Yeah, Diamondbacks third baseman Jake Lamb was placed on the disabled list Tuesday with an AC sprain in his left shoulder. Landed hard after making a diving catch in foul territory in the ninth inning of Monday's 15-inning game against the Dodgers. Stayed in the game and then made matters worse probably uh, on a hard slide into home plate in the bottom of the 15th. The Diamondbacks have not announced a timetable for him and shoulder injuries are all pretty different uh, but I'd say it's gonna be at least three weeks that's what Zach Buchanan of the Athletic the, their Diamondbacks beat writer suggested um, possibly maybe up to five six weeks um, you know just all, all of these I, I looked up a bunch of past AC sprains and they're just all so different um, so it, it's just hard to say uh, Lamb carried a, a good amount of van- fantasy value into the season, even with the new humidor at Chase Field. You know, 29 home runs, 91 RBIs in his breakout 2016 season, then backed it up with 30 home runs and 105 RBIs last year. Diamondbacks manager Tori Lavolo said there's been no consideration yet to bringing in a player from the outside. Uh, the team will instead go with internal options to cover third base. Daniel Descalzo got the start there on on Thursday. Devin Marrero has made a start there this week. I would I would guess those would be the primary options there, which aren't very good options. Um, maybe some Kettle Marte at, at third with Chris Owings playing a little more second. Um, they do have some pieces they can move around. Nick Ahmed can play pretty much anywhere on the infield. Uh, wh- whatever the case, I, I think the only fantasy implications here. Uh, revolve around Lamb and, and it just being a negative situation for him. Marrero is a former top prospect, former first-round pick of the Red Sox, but he's a 208 career hitter in the majors, a 563 career OPS. I was trying to talk myself into putting one of those guys on the NL-only recommendations in waiver wire <laughs> today, and I couldn't do it, so I, I left them out. So that kind of says how I feel about them. The the is getting a ton of playing time, um, but yeah, there's just there's nothing there counting stats wise. Um, so Nelson Cruz landed on the disabled list this week. He sprained his right ankle when he slipped on the dugout steps after hitting a home run on Saturday. So that's some pretty rotten luck. Um, good news is that the MRI showed no ligament damage, just a sprain. Uh, the Mariners are optimistic he'll be able to return around when he's first eligible. So doesn't seem like a long-term thing. And remember, he's just a DH, so he doesn't play the field. So I think that could make his road back a little bit easier in the short term, we'll see Daniel Vogelbach get some at-bats out of the DH spot. Uh, he earned a spot on the opening day roster with a big spring. I think it took some people by surprise that he made the roster because there really wasn't a path to at-bats for him. But now he has that, at least in the short term. Uh, the Mariners have a bunch of right-handed starters coming up uh, this weekend and I believe early next week as well. So uh, I like Vogelbach as a, as a short-term guy in AL-only leagues and Maybe even some deeper mixed formats, depending on the depth of the league, of course. Uh, I think it could be worth a try in those kind of formats, too. Yeah, there was a report today uh, from Greg Johns of MLB.com that Cruz is going to resume baseball activities in the next day or two. And that move was, that DL move was made retroactive retroactive to April 1st, so Cruz could be back next Wednesday. Um, so it shouldn't be, shouldn't be anything too bad. And then Angel starter... Matt Shoemaker, who has been a useful fantasy option off and on over the last several years, was placed on the disabled list Wednesday with a right forearm strain. It's the same injury that cost him the entire second half of the 2017 season and eventually 
required a surgical repair. Uh, he allowed three runs on four walks and four hits over five and two-thirds innings in his season debut last Friday in Oakland. Came down with some soreness the day after, and it just hadn't improved this week. I had to skip a scheduled between starts bullpen session, so they sent him for some tests, and, and, and that's where the DL stint came in. Um, there's no timetable yet with him, but I think the safe bet is it'll be another lengthy absence. Um, filling in for Shoe- Shoemaker in the Angels rotation will be 26-year-old right-hander Parker Bridwell. His first start is scheduled for Friday at home against the A's. Bridwell posted a 3.64 ERA and 1.19 whip over 121 innings last season, but he struck out just 70 batters, uh, K per nine of 5.4, so not really someone to get overly excited about in a standard fantasy league. The guy I'd be excited about is Nick Tropiano. He's in mm, AAA. Yeah. Uh, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. He missed all last season. Um, had a really good start toward the end of spring training. I believe he struck out like eight batters in, I think it was like three or four innings, something like that. So it was a really encouraging performance. Uh, but I guess he probably still needs to get stressed out, stretched out a little bit in AAA. But he could be ready relatively soon. And you look at that Angels rotation, so many injury questions, and they want to roll with that six-man rotation. I think Tropiano will get his chance soon. And someone, if you're in an AL-only league, you'll probably want to stash. And I think if you're in a mixed league, too, given the success that he had prior to the surgery, he was kind of jumping on the radar as potentially being a mixed league guy. You should keep an eye on him. And then Padres' first baseman turned right fielder Will Myers was placed on the disabled list Wednesday with nerve irritation in his upper right arm. Had some arm issues early in spring training, I think brought on by a ramped-up throwing program because of that transition he was making it doesn't sound too serious um Myers told reporters on Wednesday night that he expects to return in 10 days when first eligible but we'll just have to see because it's you know it's been lingering for over a month now um Hunter Renfro who had been buried on the Padres outfield depth chart has 30 home runs and 139 career major league games I think should be pretty useful in mixed fantasy leagues for however long Myers is out agree I mean we know he has a flawed approach. Uh, he's mm-hmm. better against lefties than righties, but certainly if you need a short-term power boost, maybe your roster out of your drafts was a little light on power. I think he's worth a shot. He's batting cleanup for them uh, on Thursday against the Rockies. Perfect. Yeah. So he's out there in over 90% of Yahoo leagues, so chances are uh, he's available right now. Another big injury. This one hurts. Delino DeShields underwent surgery this week for a fractured, fractured hammock bone in his left hand. Uh, He's expected to miss four to six weeks, which places his return around mid-May or so. Uh, It's a bummer. DeShields was locked in as the regular center fielder and leadoff man for Texas. I know we were excited about him uh, in some... He was was my big late speed guy. Yeah. And and actually toward the end of spring training, I saw him drafted within the top 150 in some Mm. leagues because people are chasing after the speed. Um, So if if you drafted him for speed and you were counting on him... Uh, you have to look at alternatives. I think there's a pretty good one with Cameron Maben with the Marlins. Um, Garrett Cooper was just placed on the on the disabled list on Thursday, so there should be playing time there for Maben uh, in you know the coming days. Uh, Maben stole 33 bases in 114 games last season, also hit 10 homers. Uh, he has a long injury history as well, but uh, he should be pretty useful when he plays, and he's out there in a ton of leagues. A little a little note. Uh... Um, Michael Brantley is 
uh, scheduled to be activated off the disabled list Friday for the Indians home opener. Uh, Brantley needed major surgery last October to stabilize the ligaments in his right ankle. Been a very injury prone guy. Um, was placed on the disabled list at the end of spring training to give him a little more time to get in game shape. I've been getting a lot of questions about him on Twitter. Um, should I pick him up? Should I keep stashing him? Um, and I, I would say yes. I think he's a pretty good third or fourth outfielder in just a standard mixed league. Batted 299 with an OPS above 800, and, um, nine home runs, 52 RBIs, and 11 stolen bases in 90 games last season when he was healthy. You know, the Indians like to bat him in the middle of their lineup when he's healthy. I, I think he's he should be pretty valuable if he can just, you know, stay off the disabled, stay away from the freak injuries. Yeah, I I wouldn't count on him running very much, at least yeah. initially. Um, but, I mean, his approach is rock solid. And as you said, he's in the middle of the lineup there for the Indians. I think he's going to be a useful guy in mixed leagues, maybe not on the level we've seen in the past, but um, certainly a useful player if he can stay healthy. Uh, one last thing for me, Michael Conforto made his return from the disabled list on Thursday in dramatic fashion. Back in the leadoff spot and in center field, he took Steven Strasburg deep for a two-run homer. Um, that was after a replay review. Um, I have to say with Conforto, my expectations were pretty modest uh, for him coming into this year. Coming off a pretty serious uh, surgery on his shoulder, uh, I think maybe I'm just conditioned to that as a Mets fan yeah. <laughs> to think the worst, but... Um, he beat the initial timetable and, and the home run I think should provide some peace of mind about his ability to contribute, uh, at least close to what he did last year. And, and depending on when you did your draft, I mean, Conforto was a late round pick in a lot of leagues, especially early in the spring. Um, but he could turn out to be a tremendous bargain. Yeah. It went for a dollar in an auction I did in mid-March. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I, I think there were legit concerns that that shoulder injury would linger in, in through much of 2018 and maybe like for the rest of his career that's how bad it was but all signs are good right now absolutely so um anything else from you this week no i think um i think I've, I've run out of stuff i need to get back to watching the masters <laughs> priorities uh yeah. okay so that'll do it for this week if you like what you're hearing with this show remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify google play etc Remember to rate and review the show as well. Uh, let people know about it. Spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Sill. And we'll see you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.